One Percenters, welcome back to another episode of the One Percent Podcast. I'll be your host today, as usual, David Nurse. Thank you so much for joining and spending your time. You could literally be anywhere else doing anything else right now, but you are here on the One Percent Podcast. So we are going to bring a ton of value to you today. One percent improvement in ourselves, pouring into ourselves so we can pour into others. And today on the podcast, we have a special episode with an NBA player and also with a CEO of a inner city community development program, a nonprofit called Abide, which focuses on building safer, stronger neighborhoods, families and emerging leaders. And also the NBA player, Anthony Tolliver, who is one of the leaders of the NBA, one a, a great journeyman of the NBA, and literally is the epitome of if you want to make things happen, you can absolutely make things happen. And Anthony is just a, such a blessing to have on this podcast. And as this world is a, as crazy as ever with the crisis and and now the Black Lives Matter movement, we talk in depth to Anthony and Josh about how impactful it is being a black male growing up in society in the United States, the inequalities, the injustices that have been going on, that have been going on for a long time, the blind eye that everybody has been turning to it and why we need to continue to make this movement not just a thing of right now, but a thing that continues to grow, continues to build to the point where everybody is treated equally. I know it's easy to say, but it's actually about going out there and doing and constantly, consistently standing for what is right. And that is all people being treated equal. And right now, that is the black community. And that's the focus. That's the focus of this podcast where we're going through and Anthony and Josh drop some unbelievable knowledge and just really good insights and introspectives that uh, we might not always have. We might not always see the, the, the little details that you might not see. And Anthony and Josh, great blessing to have on there. Anthony Tolliver is currently with the Memphis Grizzlies. He's been with about every NBA team there is. And he is an absolute pleasure to have on here and a very, very wise, wise human being. So one percenters big time treat for you guys today you will learn a lot and you'll be able to apply it to your life buckle up because here we go super excited to share with you guys that my first book pivot and go is on pre-sale now amazondavidnurse.com pivot and go it's about making mindset pivots small slight changes in your perspective little shifts that can change your entire perspective on life. It's based on 29 days, 28 to make a habit, 29 to make a lifestyle. There are 29 chapters, 29 mindset pivots that will absolutely have you coming out of there with extreme joy for the life you live, passion for the mission you're on, and confidence in who you are. So it would be awesome. If you could support the book, check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm going to be sending out a free autographed copy in the next month as well. It's on Amazon pre-sale. It's on davidnurse.com. Pivot and go. All right, let's roll it on the 1% Podcast. Josh Dotzler and Anthony Tolliver. How we doing, guys? How is the day going in your area, in your quarantine life? Quarantine life, man, we're doing good. The fact that we're on this call, hanging out with each other, it's a good day. It's a great day. Yeah, same. I'm uh, just hanging out. I'm uh, 
and day one of five of self quarantining. Uh, just got to Memphis yesterday, so wow! Um, oh yeah, yeah so it's, it's uh, locked in. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. The restart is back, Bubbleville. And that's the current yep. status of the NBA right now, Bubbleville. Everybody <laughs> heading down to Orlando, popping that bubble, little Disney World, Epcot Center, play some basketball. What is, what is the biggest fears that you see players having right now going back into it? Because you'll see guys that are just opting out of it, not even going back. What, what is it from your perspective, your outlook on it? Do you look at this thing as a positive that should be happening or something that, man, this is kind of risking it? Uh. I don't think that there's uh there's some guys who um are looking at it as a as a health risk. Yeah. Um but I would say if they are then it's more so the guys who have pre-existing conditions or whatever it may be. Um you know, I think honestly more than health, I think that um some of the guys view this as a distraction uh to um you know, a lot of the social justice injustices that are happening and, and some of the changes that people want to see happen. Um, and so that's kind of the balance is, uh, you know, there's some guys who are opting out because one guy, I know one guy is about to have a baby in July. He's not missing that, you know? Right. So there's all kinds of, there's a bunch of different reasons So we got 450 guys in the league. Right. And, um, you know, roughly two thirds of those guys are eligible to go to Orlando. So, um, it's a lot of guys, you know, so it's just, uh, be interesting to see how it all plays out, man. Well, I know some of my friends like Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez are looking more forward to going to Disney world than the actual basketball itself, but <laughs> yeah, another story. No, they're great guys. I love those guys. Yeah. Speaking about that, man, and the, just the opportunity, this is that the basketball will either take place or will either be a bigger platform to help is the current state of our society right now and how backwards it is and how we are living in unprecedented times, but we can use this for our gain, for change, a change that has been so very much needed. And you guys, you, Josh and Anthony, are both very big-time advocates and have great platforms to speak about this type of change what what have you seen in this in this Black Lives Matter movement that has really really stood out to you and th- thought like okay this is something that that we have to continue to do we can't just let it be a flash in the pan but it's it's working we're seeing progress. Steve, what you think? Anything you, you can kick it off, bro? Yeah, I mean honestly, um, it's been an interesting time for me personally. Uh, I've been. Uh, it's been so many ups and downs um, in this whole situation moments where I've been super encouraged and then moments where I've been super discouraged um, with the progress of where we're at as a country, where we're at as people. Um, But more than anything else, it's actually sometimes been uh, discouraging and encouraging in my walk with Christ Um, and seeing other uh, Christians, um, well, you know, sometimes people who call themselves Christians, um, you know, um, view things so differently than I do, um, which has been kind of a awakening of, of like, you know, trying to just figure that all out. Like, you know, just kind of process that. It's like, you know, we serve the same God, but we, we view this situation from two completely different lenses. 
which give us two completely different views on what's right. You know, so it's like, um, you know, for me, it's always, you know, it's always about coming back to my base, which is my relationship with Christ and, and the Bible and what the Bible says about um, different situations. Um, you know, the Bible doesn't talk about civil rights, right? But it does talk about equality. It does talk, you know what I'm saying? It does talk about general uh, concepts that we should, you know, definitely adhere to. Um, doesn't talk about the civil rights movement or, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, right? Like who, you know, which one is right? Which one is, you know what I'm saying? Like which side is right? Like, you know, I don't know. Like I I try not to align myself with, with anything but Christ and, um, and and anything that Christ stands for. So that's kind of, it's been a struggle for me um, to kind of be in this environment because it's been, it's been almost like a, a, it's like I'm black. I'm a man, but I'm also Christian. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just all these d- different dynamics that make it so much more complicated than, than just, um, you know, than just having one or, you know, one thought process or, or if I'm just a black man, I'm not a Christian. Okay. I'm identifying as a black man. So I'm just going to fight for everything as a black man. Right. right. But now you throw in the fact that I'm a Christian now, then there's all this, Oh, you know, <laughs> this makes it complicated. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would just add to that. I'm just saying, I mean, it's a very unique season because Black Lives Matter, the, the idea of that has been around for a while. You know, one of the things I've said is that these videos that have come out recently with Ahmaud Arbery, with George Floyd, have given like clear visuals to voices that have been crying out for generations. And the black, white, challenge tension isn't something new but it's being viewed and seen in a way that it's causing discussions to happen i mean anthony talks about just some of the conversations with people that he's in relationship with maybe friends with that maybe are white and just see the world so differently i can't tell you the amount of marriages i mean i don't know about you guys but my marriage is like man year eight nine and ten you have conversations that you didn't have year one or two and it just keeps exposing stuff on the inside i'm hearing of marriages 20 years 30 year marriages that husbands and wives one white one black are having these conversations and not understanding how each side views life so differently Mm. and so it's such a unique time because the way that the the race conversation has been highlighted it's caused us to have conversations which it, it, they, they've been challenging and tough, but I also think it's highlighted things that are happening in our world on a consistent basis, giving voice to it. And now I think giving us opportunities, just like this podcast, being able to come talk about and have conversations that we otherwise maybe wouldn't have had, or we wouldn't have been intentional about having. And so for me, like I've, I've been able to be, I would say more upfront than ever in, in our city you can be white and you can be successful without ever interacting with a black person. Like that's real. And, and in our city, you can't argue that. And if you're black and you want to be successful, you have to interact with the white culture and the white community. And so you have to learn to speak their language. You have to learn to interact and do business the way they do business. And so it's just highlighted some things that I think we wouldn't have otherwise talked about 
that these videos have just, I think, shaken our, our world in a way that it's been tough, but I also think it can lead to change. That's a really good point. And I like how you say that, that it's the unseen. Like for me as being a white male, like these are things that I haven't ever had to feel, I haven't ever had to see. Of course, right. I'm not like going against it, but it's like, it's like I just am uh, oblivious to it, I guess. It's, it's the unseen right. that, that people don't understand that, that is, is definitely a real thing. And like you said, having to go through, be successful as a black male, and you have to go through working with white people, speaking their language, living, stepping in their life is, is, a, is very real and very true. And, and to that point where you talk about these opportunities and you guys have great platforms. And Anthony, if I come back to your point real quick, if we could just say like, hey, if everybody could have Christ and Jesus-centered mindset like you do, we wouldn't have these issues to begin with. So maybe it is at the core that, I mean, obviously it's at the core that we need to talk about Jesus and spread Jesus first but how do we move the needle forward? How do we not just be like, okay, we put in a good fight. And even with myself too, I know we, we talked earlier, like how can we keep checking on it, in on each other? How can we look at this as a way like, I'm pretty sure Anthony, you said this a couple weeks ago, is like you, you make time for your workouts, you make time for this, you schedule it in. How do we schedule it in and move the needle forward in just progressing this this uh, movement that we're in well i mean for me i think that uh yeah taking the time out i know a lot of people say keep the conversation going right yeah yeah conversations are are starters conversations are not finishers nice right um i think that conversations can get you know people riled up and get them motivated and get them going uh, but now, you know, not just keeping the conversation started, but hey, start putting some actions behind those conversations. Um, so it's like, you know, hey, some people say, well, I don't know how to support or how to how to change anything. Right. Well, I think we talked about this in the past. It's like, well, first of all, it starts in you with you and your environment and what you accept. Right. Nice. Um, you know, a lot of these. Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of, you know, white people, even I know that call me friend, that call me brother, whatever you call it, you know, growing up for the longest time, you know, if they were in a room full of white people and there was, you know, a racist joke or some sort that was spoken, um, they just kind of, ah, you know, it's not funny, but you know, right didn't really stand up, right? Didn't really say anything because we're like, well, whatever. They, they're not racist. They're just joking, right? But that type of crap, you know, is you know, harmful, right? For people's bias, right? Like it creates bias, especially when you're talking about stereotypes, right? Um, and stuff like that. So um, it all adds up. And, and definitely when you start talking about kids and you, you bring your kids into the conversation and stuff like that, like just being an advocate for equality always in all times in every environment, no matter who's around you. Um, I think it starts there. Um, but then also, I mean, just like, honestly, there's so many organizations around the country that are on the ground currently and have been doing the work, doing the legwork for years. Right. Um, 
just a lot of them don't have enough support or, you know, funding and stuff like that. So it's like, man, like to me, it's like do research, read, watch um, videos, shows, movies, documentaries about things that you have no clue about. Um, you know, for example, like just to give me an example, my wife went to lunch with a friend of ours who's a white lady. She actually used to be a cop and, you know, they had a really tough conversation, right? And it was, you know, one perspective from another perspective. They're both white ladies, but they both had two completely different perspectives of what's, what's reality. Um, and, and, and they, my wife was saying it was just really, really good, really powerful. And, but for example, she had no idea what redlining was. Right. And so, you know, she's, her perspective is, Hey, all these black people are in the hood and they're just criminals. And this is not like she's doesn't think all black people are like that, but like there's, you know, she's a cop. Right. And then she goes to these certain neighborhoods and it's like, but she doesn't understand the historical context of why they're there in the first place. Right. So that changes, that changes perspective that changes. Holy crap. Maybe that allows me to have more empathy on these people in these environments uh, and maybe that will change the way I, I police them if I understand why they're there in the first place. I mean, most of the people who are there are not there because they want to be there. Like they're right. there because they right. were forced to be there, yep. right? Yep. And now it's just a it's a, they're a product of being forced to be there, right? So it's like, well, it's it's <laughs> there's. Not, not to say that if you're a criminal, you shouldn't do your time. It's not none of that. Like, don't make any excuses for people making bad choices. But you got to realize that people who are making bad choices are subject to a lot of things that you aren't. Right. No, <laughs> no doubt. Right. A lot of choices that have to be made that you never have to make ever. So, um, I just think that that those types of things, like educating yourself and then educating others about that type of stuff can help change the, the whole perspective of, of what, what's really going on. Yeah. No, that's good, bro. That's real good. I, I think too, it's like what you're saying, we're not just a product of our own decisions. Mm. We're a product of the decisions of others. And through redlining, the decisions of others put people into certain demographics, put lines around them, kept them there. And as a result, Man, generations later, you've got, you know, people committing crimes, high percentage of blacks, but you look at the history of how they got there. And that's the environment that, that we work in every single day. And kids I'm working with on Monday, I'm seeing on the news Tuesday for robbery, for murder. And, and part of it, these are good kids, but who have been following a path that's been laid out before them based on decisions other people make. And so when you see and hear those stories on a consistent basis, it does fill you with a level of compassion. I think too, like there's two sides, there's a personal side and then there's a systemic side. And the systemic side is looking at redlining and looking at just the way our, our system, when it comes to prison reform, when it comes to uh, wealth and building wealth. I sat in a meeting with a uh, congressman recently and he was talking about a bill that he was helping pass on behalf of the black community. It was called the anti-lynching bill. 
And after he's talking about this, you could tell he was pretty proud of this bill that he was like fighting for. And I've heard it like they're moving forward. I said, hold up. I said, we're in 2020, the year of 2020. And we're talking about passing an anti-lynching bill. Like, what are we talking about? And, and I know there's implications, you know, for, for the George Floyds and, and connections there. But the reality is the black community is fighting for justice while the white community is building wealth. They're, they're passing laws that are, that are creating more wealth for themselves and for their communities. And so education helps us understand these broader systems. But then there's a personal side to it, too, where we all have bias. We all have preferences. And based on the way we grew up unintentionally, the thing I love about you, David, and just others is like your humility and willingness to say, man, tell me what I don't know. I, I know I grew up in Pella, Iowa, population X, you know, predominantly white. And, and I think the reality is, is when we get next to people who see life different than us, it helps us see things in a different way. And so we all have a preference. We all have bias. And the more we can understand, man, when I shop at this grocery store in this neighborhood, I'm actually building my community. When I, when I decide to, to live here, when I decide to go to church here, when I like all my personal decisions either help fuel that system or intentionally create a different system. And I think that's where, again, awareness, understanding, having relationships with people who are different than us help us see life through experiences that we probably haven't had on our own. Man, both of you guys just dropped unbelievable points. I'm going to try to unpack a few of them here too, but Josh, you're right. I basically grew up in a bubble, like the movie Pleasantville where everything is just spot on perfect. Everybody's white. That's what I grew up in. So I'm very oblivious to this and that's exactly what I need. Tell me what I don't know because like – I don't have that same perspective and what you guys are saying it's it's the difference in in actually knowing it and feeling it than just just looking at it from the outside. And I heard a a great quote by John John Gray when he was on Joel Olstein's podcast they were talking about it and he said because they were talking about the difference because people will come up and be like, "Oh, well all lives matter." All li- yeah, of right. course all lives matter, but like just like all houses, but what if one house is on fire? What are you going to do? You're going to go to that house. You're going to help that house. And that's what we're in right now because there's going to come a time sometime, unless Jesus comes back soon and saves this place, that that white people might be in the same situation as black people are. And then what are we going to do? Then like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just, it's frustrating. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible, but <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, that's, you're probably right. That might not be possible, but it should happen. It should happen. So we have to actually feel oh, that. And so I'd love to be makes, a part of that. Man, it should. It should happen. But I, I love what you said too, Anthony. Is how you you build your, the surroundings with you. Like if you hear a joke, like it, you just kind of brush it off. But just stand up for it. Like if we hear somebody that is talking down on Christ or talking down on our wives, we're going to stand up, we're going to get in their face. And it has to be the same type of same type of approach. And and there's no just big turnover that's going to happen, but it is just like this podcast of 1% steps for optimization and improvement. You take 1% yes. steps, awareness, yes. knowing, taking action steps. The the knowing versus, versus doing is completely different. And that's yeah. you guys have uh, unbelievable points and then, and, and continuing to take this thing forward in these times of super uncertainty. Um, is there anything that you guys do in specific 
that you that keeps your mind sharp that that is like a mindset approach that you use on your daily basis i know this is kind of getting a little bit away but it's also building these one percent steps where you guys are able to carry on your platform that you have you speak all the time anthony you've got your hand in about everything that i've ever seen possible and it's it's amazing to see is there anything you guys do in, in specific mindset wise to continue to grow yourselves so I got to tell you about one of my favorite companies all time, Four Sigmatic, one of the most nutrient dense, most studied food companies on the planet. And there are so many benefits, not just the health benefits, the amazing taste, but it can help you jumpstart your day with the coffee in the morning, with the lion's mane in the mushrooms to really just get you invigorated, the energy that you need. They have the protein, the Defend Protein with powerful adaptogens to keep you at your peak and to help you recover for your next workout. And it tastes great. I put mine in my smoothie every single morning and I have some at the evening as well. And they have Chill, the cacao, the reishi to help you unwind and prepare for that restful night's sleep. I personally know the founder of Four Sigmatic and he's the only person on this planet that gets better sleep than I do. So whatever he's doing with these mushrooms, he's doing something right. And not only is the benefits for your health just astronomical the taste is unbelievable it really is check them out they're all over the world they have been going and growing and i'm just saying right now you are going to love it i love the four sigmatic cacao mix in the evenings it's like hot chocolate oh coffee in the morning protein in the smoothies so much goodness thank you four sigmatic i, I mean I, I think go ahead Oh, you got it. I was going to say, I think there's a couple of things that I did. Number one, I think conviction matters. And anytime you want to be a part of change, it's like you have to live with a level of conviction. And so even recently, like as I'm working out and going for runs and stuff, I'm constantly filling my mind with books, podcasts, uh, talks of people specifically speaking into some of these racial injustice uh, just this, this area that we're in kind of right now in this season. And I just have seen when I'm constantly like learning and growing, I'm fueling creativity. And so the more consistently I do that, along with some of my, you know, spiritual disciplines and, and physical disciplines, the more consistently I do that, man, just the more creative I feel, the more energized and the more conviction I live with. That's beautiful. And Anthony, you live with unbelievable joy and the same type of conviction. And like you live, we, we live in uncertain times. Man, you've lived an uncertain life. As many places have you have you been? I knew you'd been with a lot of teams. And I just looked it up and you've been with, uh, there might be like two teams you haven't been with. But that's just a true testament to, <laughs> to the person that you are, the character that you have, but also the joy that you can find in uncertainty. And everybody being able to take that joy and uncertainty is something we so desperately need now. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I've been with a lot of, a lot of different <laughs> teams that I've played all over the world. I think, uh, I, I think I counted it up recently is about 17 different jerseys I've put on. Um, mm. Awesome. Uh, over the over the course of my career in different countries and different leagues and everything else so um you know you, you have to be able to to uh to find uh something that's your base and you know for me don't 
only reason why I've been able to stay consistent with my play and stay consistent with my uh, my thought process and, and and how I move and shape is because I have a base in Christ, you know, yeah. and that's that's it. I mean, that's yeah. literally. Yeah. I don't know how people can do this, um, especially what I've done over the last thirteen years, um, without um, a relation personal relationship with Christ, because um, there's just so much change and so much like just stuff that you don't ever imagine happening. You know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. a lot. It's a lot, you know? Yeah. And if you don't have a, a baseline of who you are um, and whose you are, um, I don't know nice. how you can um, stay sane. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's been, that's my answer. That's how, that's how I've been able to do it is just, just through that, just that, personal one-on-one relationship um because once again it's not a family relationship where my wife and my mom and my dad and everybody else is you know so i'm like oh i'm a christian by association i'm by myself in a hotel room right now you know (laughs) and that's how you know i live half of my season is by myself in a hotel room and it's like you if you don't have that base it's like you don't have any i have all the freedom in the world not right now because I'm in quarantine, but <laughs> normally, you know, so, but if I didn't have that, like there's just, so there's too many distractions out here to be able to, yeah. um, you know, that like, if I didn't have that, that base, like it just, there's no way I could have done, you know, what I've been able to do with this career. So beautiful. Hey, to hear. Can, I, can I just say this about Anthony? When I think of the whole one percenter, I'm probably always been a fan of like a hundred percenter. It's like, I just want to change the world. But Anthony is such a picture of the one percenter because a lot of people want to play in the NBA and he's taken one 10 day contract, turned it into another 10 day contract to a year contract. And you look back and however many years now you've been playing Anthony and you've done so much and had such an impact, but it's been all these little steps that have added up over the years. And it's just been cool to, to watch and follow. It, Appreciate it, man. That's spoken with complete truth, Josh. I was watching him play at Springfield Kickapoo in high school back in the day, right up the road in Kearney, Missouri. Actually, even played for the Iowa Energy the year after you played. Were you oh, with, nice. Were you with my uncle there? I think you were. Probably You're talking about Nick Nurse. With Nick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, uh, your 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 uncle tried to get me to come play with Toronto. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, but I couldn't pass up. M- Memphis is uh, is kind of might be a longer term situation for me here. Um, even though, That's awesome man, Toronto Toronto got a chance again to come out of the East. You know, they got they got a good team, but um, Memphis is a it was a better fit. But yeah, man, he's a he was awesome. I, I got a chance to play for him for two years um, or two separate different times. It wasn't two full seasons, but um, my first year and my second year, I played with Nick, and uh, yeah, man, he's uh, he's had a heck of a <laughs> heck of a as well. But I mean, goodness it's gracious. the same same as you though. I mean, he's just put in those one percent steps, acted like he was there before he got to that point, treated everybody with respect, and I mean, that's what happens. It's just it's an overnight success, but it takes ten years to become that at least. And 
it's a true testament to see what you've done, and hopefully they make a documentary, a movie about your career because honestly it would be very very powerful and the cool thing is like just getting to know you over these past few months and knowing josh too is like and what he's spoken about you is like your career is just beginning like the nba is just the first step of what you're going to do like if you ran for president next year i would vote for you in a heartbeat anything you do (laughs) you are going to be successful and it all comes back to the way that you treat people, the person that you are, and the core center that you have in Christ. Like if everybody could wear a shirt like you have on right now that says blessed, we would be such a better world. Come on. I'll drop the mic on that and let you guys off the 1% <laughs> hot seat. Do you have anything anything to say while while we're getting off here that, that can really – maybe just uh, drop the mic moment of your own to say to people of – white people of how can, how can we all just continue to make this movement take – steps forward man like i said earlier i would say uh the biggest key is just take be be intentional about um learning about experiences unlike yours um i think that and that doesn't honestly that's not just white people that's all people like yeah just being more intentional about understanding people better um you know, I've done a poor job of understanding people from uh, different, you know, religions and different uh, spaces because I haven't taken the time to do so. Um, now, I'm not one that's going to treat them poorly, um, but I feel like, you know, I would treat people, other people even better if I knew more about them, right? And about their culture and about everything else. So I feel like, you know, when it comes to specifically today's environment in the United States, um, you know, like I said, the number one question I've been asked by my white friends is like, you know, hey, what can I do? Right. And to me, it's like educate yourself on different things, uh, especially on history, specifically black history. And then specifically, even more specifically, like now what out of all these things that you're learning, what what do you feel God is pushing you towards to help change? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has the same um, thought process on, you know, what should I attack? You know, some people are really passionate about, you know, police reform. Some people are really passionate about voting and getting, you know, new um, representation in, in these different seats in, in government. Some other people are way more, uh, interested in uh, the financial gap, which is me. Like that's what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to attack is like, how can we attack the financial gap that exists? Doesn't mean we take away from anybody, right? It's more so how can we help a, 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 a subsection of people that have been oppressed um, by and large on purpose through laws <laughs> Um you know, how can we help them to um, recreate um, opportunities to be able to, you know, to me, it all is all interconnected. If you give socioeconomic rise to a people that have been oppressed for a long time, now it's like a lot of these, you know, crime ridden cities and areas will be a lot less crime no doubt. because if there's opportunities, then there's going to be a lot less crime, right? There's jobs. Well, you're not going to be out all night doing crazy stuff. Yep. I got to get up in the morning for my job, right? So it's all 
connected. But honestly, I think that socioeconomically, if you're you know able to create those opportunities, real opportunities, sustainable opportunities, um, that improves um, everything. Man. <laughs> AT 2024, Josh, you'll be the vice president. <laughs> I think the power of this season is that it's on the it's on the radar of everybody, and yeah. we're having these conversations. I think yep. the danger is that we move on to the next thing, right? Right, and right, right. Stop talking about this, and so I just man, the whole the idea of like getting one percent better every day, like I just that rings so loudly in my mind, and that one percent is 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 committing to learn that long-term commitment to raise your awareness to learning to growing. The other thing we encourage people to do is, is stand. And Anthony talked about it, but find individuals and organizations who are on the front lines fighting for justice in any of those areas and just commit to joining them in what they're already doing. Nice. You'll learn so much through the process. It'll be a transformational experience. And then again, I think everyone has something to give to help close that economic gap. You can't talk about the race gap without talking about economics and there's a huge economic disparity. And so find people, find organizations, invest in, in people, in minorities to help them have the same opportunities to be successful. So we got to keep talking about it. We got to get 1% better every single day and we all get to be a part of being, being a solution specifically when it comes to this area. Boom. Drop the mic. You guys are Boom. off. Love you guys. Man, you're awesome. Appreciate you, brother. You guys are awesome. Appreciate AT, you. appreciate you. I'm going to send you guys one percenter shirts, which are more comfy than the blessed shirts. I have some blessed shirts, so they're more comfy than that. And Josh has got some books coming his way. AT, I'm going to send you a book as well. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the 1% Podcast. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the 1% Podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. If you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it, one star of course if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement into someone. You can and you will make a difference.